Welcome to Milwaukee Mennonite Church. You are welcome here. Whether you're with us here in person or you're, or you're on Zoom or you're listening later via audio. I hope this service is a place of rest, joy, and love for each of you. Many thanks to all, to all who've worked on this service today. Connie planned worship and is playing piano. Lori is leading singing. Liz is giving the reflection. The Kaiser family is our host today, and Aaron is doing tech. My name's Rachel, as you all know, and I'll be leading worship today. There are many gifts, but the same spirit of love. And I'm grateful for the abundance of varied gifts that we have in our congregation. I wanna make sure that everybody has a copy of both Voices Together and Sing the Journey, as we'll have songs from both. So please join me in prayer. Uh, please turn to 862 in Voices Together. Pray with me. You who open doors and dismantle barriers, Open our hearts to praise you, that we might live the full truth of who we are, that we might live as neighbors and friends, no longer strangers and enemies. Open our hearts to the transforming power of your love, that we might forgive and reconcile, making peace and learning war no more, that we might be your people, one body and one spirit, to tell your grace to all the world. We pray in the name of the one who walked among us as brother, and friend. Amen. And now if you would join me in the call to worship printed in your bulletin. I decided I wanted to separate into low and high voices, so just pick which one you think fits you. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord upholds everyone who falls and raises up all people who are bowed down. Our mouths will speak God's praise and we will bless God's holy name forever and ever. Let's sing. Turn to page 88 and let's stand. Praise to the Lord the Almighty. We'll sing the two verses that are listed and then we'll sing verse three on the other page. If you'd like to do the German, I suppose you can. I'll be doing the English on that one.
stay standing and let's turn to 767. God loves all his many people, 767. apologize for not including the Stolpe men in thanks for bringing music to us today. I really appreciate when you guys are here, so thank you. Many of our ancestors were not born on this land. We acknowledge that we are gathering on the traditional territory of indigenous peoples. These are the ancestral and present homes of the tribal nations of the Potawatomi, Ho-Chunk, and Menominee, among others. We give thanks for those who stewarded this land for generations, and we are grateful for the opportunity to live, work, and worship here. We desire to live into right relationships with our indigenous neighbors and all of creation. We also desire to live into right relationship with God. When we come to worship and turn our focus on our creator, we become aware again of God's power and immeasurable greatness and goodness. And yet this God wants a relationship with us, and promises to love us and to always be with us. We are quickly reminded of our limitations, faults, frailties, and often foolish choices as humans. And so we take time to acknowledge our failings and to bring ourselves openly and honestly before God. Please turn with me to number 888 in your hymnal. Friends in Christ, God knows our needs before we ask, and in our asking, prepares us to receive the gift of grace. We open our lives to God's healing presence, seeking peace with God and reconciliation with our neighbors. We are mindful not only of personal evil, but also of our communal sins of family, class, race, and nation. We confess to God whatever has wounded us, or brought injury to others, that we may receive mercy and become for each other ministers of God's grace. Now hear the good news. 
Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. And Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Genesis 32:22 to 31. The same night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. Isaiah 55, one through five. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and a commander to the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you, because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat, to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled and they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate, were about 5,000 men besides women and children.
Comedian Kathleen Madigan has a stand-up special entitled Bothering Jesus, which is named after a joke of hers about her own Catholic upbringing and how nuns taught her to pray to her guardian angel and a series of saints before bothering Jesus. While we as Anabaptists may not have had the experience of learning to pray to anyone other than the triune God, we can probably identify with the feeling that our prayers are audacious in nature, that we are trying to get something in a way that is not appropriate, and we are bothering Jesus. Today's scripture challenges us to push past this feeling. Those of us with more evangelical backgrounds may have grown up with encouragement not only to pray to Jesus, but to think of him as a friend who we might invite over for coffee or with whom we might watch Kathleen Madigan's Bothering Jesus. In doing so, we may lose the reverence with which we regard the literal God of the universe. Today's scripture also challenges us to push past this. Our first Scripture in Genesis is the story of how Jacob became Israel. It's a pretty cool story if you are not terribly worried about deriving much meaning from it. Uh, once you want to derive meaning, uh, which is what we will do here, it gets a bit hairy, much like Esau. In both the Old and New Testaments, especially in Genesis, the Gospels and Acts, uh, the changing of a person's nature is reflected in the changing of their name. Uh, so that is perhaps a clue here. Also, this story is tied to what Genesis tells us about Jacob previously. He was born holding his twin Esau's heel and then through a variety of tricks and schemes, he tricked his way into receiving Esau's birthright and blessing before running away into hiding. Jacob was a pretty audacious guy. He did not seem to care about what was appropriate when he tried to get what he wanted. This is the same Jacob that much later wrestled with God. On its face, this story also seems to suggest that the God of the universe is bad at wrestling and needs to cheat. <laughs> I prefer to think that God was making a point of who Jacob was and what he would do with them. Even after God threw Jacob's hit, hit, uh, hip out of joint, Jacob held on to God much as he held onto Esau's heel coming out of the womb and insisted that God bless him. Now, it isn't entirely clear if in this moment, Jacob knew that the man that he was wrestling with was God, but it appears that he at least knew and respected that the man he was wrestling with was capable of materially blessing him. And injured as he was, he refused to let go without a blessing. It was at this point that God changed Jacob's name to Israel. In reverence, Israel named the place Penuel. 
When Jacob became Israel, he did not lose his audacity, but he gained reverence for God. The passage from Isaiah is about a different Israel, one that was primarily called Judah and was coming out of exile from Babylon. This people had been humbled by military defeat and capture, but had learned to lean on and revere the God of their ancestors. They needed to be coaxed, not into an attitude of recognizing and honoring God, but into one of being willing to ask and receive from God. Finally, we arrive at the feeding of the 5,000. A crowd of people had the audacity to pursue teaching and healing from Jesus. They knew that they were away from any place where they could obtain food, and they knew that Jesus had been trying to find some time alone. Yet they had the audacity to to pursue and revere Jesus. And Jesus honored that audacity by miraculously feeding them. These passages remind me a bit of the story of Jesus letting the children come to him and saying that nobody can enter the kingdom of heaven unless they become like a child. I have heard people say that Jesus was referring to childlike belief, that uh, you know, children just believe without questioning, and that's what God is calling us to. First, this is an incredibly controlling approach to religion. The people who say this are probably either themselves, at least, okay, maybe that's a bit strong, but it seems to come from a place of maybe these people themselves being a little bit controlled or maybe kind of wanting to control other people. Second, I'm not entirely sure if the people who say this have ever met a child. Kids ask a lot of questions. The thing is, kids have the audacity to ask whatever questions they have. And their questions are typically a sign of respect. They ask questions of people whom they trust for answers. And this is the combination of reverence and audacity to which these scriptures call us. Five ninety in uh, Voices Together.
So if you would please turn with, uh, to, thanks Dan, to number 989. At the end of our praying together, we will read together the prayer Jesus taught, number 989A. During this prayer of response, several times I will say, God of grace, and I welcome you to respond, hear our prayer. Let's pray together. Listening God, you hear our prayers before we speak, yet welcome our praying. Therefore, we come with confidence to lay our requests before you. We pray for Christians everywhere, for our congregation and for our denomination. We pray for all people of faith working to bring your peace on earth. God of grace, hear our prayer. We pray for the earth, your good creation, and all the life that you created. We pray for all people affected by global warming and rationing of resources. We pray for the wholeness of creation. God of grace. We pray for those who are in mourning or enduring trials. We pray for those overcome by violence or victims of oppression. We pray for all in prison. We pray for all people who need peace. God of grace. We pray with those who rejoice that we may support them in their joy. We are grateful for the ongoing good in this world and the reminder that your love is boundless and limitless. We pray for Christian clergy and clergy of all faiths who are working against Christian nationalism and for peace in many areas of our world. And we pray with gratitude for those working to do the things that you asked us to do, like feed the hungry and clothe the naked and visit those in prison. We pray for all of the people of God, God of grace. Into your hands, gracious God, we commend all for whom we pray, and we trust in your mercy through Jesus Christ. And in the spirit of Christ, we now join together in the prayer that he taught his disciples. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. We'll sing our further amen on 57 in Sing the Journey. 57, we'll sing it twice.
if you're able, stand for these words of blessing and remain standing for our sending song. Whatever wilderness the Spirit has brought you to, walk in boldness as a beloved child of God. Walk in peace under the shelter of the Most High and walk in faith, knowing that Christ walks with you. Amen. Go, my friends, in grace. 810. Thank you.